What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button or pressing play to check out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is the first time checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second, let me tell you a little bit about what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and just awesome folks that are on our radar and discuss the gadgets, the gear, and the tech that they use to create their content, run their business, and overall, be more productive. When it comes to the toys aspect of the podcast, though, it's not just the usual talk of action figures or Funko Pops or other collectibles. You'd be surprised what people consider their toys, whether it's something as simple as collecting guitar picks or kitchen appliances or motorcycles. You'd be surprised what people consider their toys. And we love having those conversations because it gives us a better understanding of our guests on a personal level. Plus, it allows us to find commonalities that can allow us to have just a better conversation overall. And of course, everybody's toys are different and we love to share that too because it gives us other things to check out and geek out over versus just the usual stuff. And more importantly, it breaks up the business and entrepreneurship talks that we have on this podcast. With that intro out of the way, let's get into some housekeeping and turn things over to this week's guest. So it's one of the things that I really don't like when I do or listen to podcasts and it's apologies, excuses, whatever the case may be. But um, I have to break that rule myself because I owe you folks an apology. I know that we haven't had new episodes in quite some time, but the funny thing was I actually recorded an episode that was part Q&A, part update on what was going on with the podcast, the Rageworks brand and everything in between. And I said it to auto publish and all of that fun stuff. And when I was prepping to release this episode, I noticed, damn, that episode did not auto publish. So I ended up having to re-record portions of it because some of the information now is dated. And as such, you folks are probably going to be getting two episodes uh, in very close proximity to each other. Of course, this one with this week's guest and the Q&A and update episode on what's been going on. I want to do that initially. I was going to scrap it entirely, but I think that there's a lot to unpack with what's been going on with Rageworks, with myself personally, and with the future of the network, the brand, and even this show. So, you know, I owe you folks that, and I want to release that episode uh, very, very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Last but not least, as always, I want to thank everybody who's been connecting with us on social media, whether it's following the Rageworks brand, the Rageworks podcast network on Twitter, or any of our social accounts. We try to keep people up to speed on things with the brand, things with the site, and most importantly, things with the podcast. So uh, many thanks to all of the new people that have been following our journey and connecting with our guests and our hosts. Uh, We truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, One thing I do want to mention is that some of the social, I know that some people are, you know, DMs and responses are sometimes a little delayed. I have actually given some of the staff access to our social. So sometimes there'll be things that are coming just directly from a generic place from Rageworks and some stuff will be coming from me personally. Uh, if it's something where you need to reach out to me directly, email is always great, rich at rageworks.net. But on social, I try to sometimes just have a hand in the responses, but sometimes, like I said, life gets in the way. So I did want to share that in a more public forum because I know some people are like, hey, I reached out. 
Um, I was hoping to reach out to you personally, et cetera, et cetera. It wasn't you, but that's something I've been doing just because trying to run Rageworks more like a business and not just as a side project. And I'll get more into that, like I said, in the update and Q&A episode. So with that bit of housekeeping out of the way, let's not drag this out any further and turn things over to this week's guest. My guest for this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade is activist, artist, and entrepreneur Bobito Ross. Now, I learned about Bobito Ross's work from another artist who I follow on Instagram, uh, Ralph Burroughs, aka Rally Art. And Ralph does a lot of great uh, sculpts, different types of artwork, and he was posting a piece of social media for a comic book, a comic con that he participated in recently. And looking at the photo, he had a really awesome shirt. It was of a Wu-Tang Clan logo, but it had Yasuke inside uh, the W. And I was just it was just such a cool concept, such a great mixture of something old and something new that I'm looking and I'm like, man, I hope he tagged wherever he got this shirt from, because I'd love to pick it up, love to see more of this kind of artwork. Sure enough, the artist was Bobito Ross. I click it. Check out Bobito's Instagram. Go check out his website. And right away, I just felt a, a kinship with him just because there were a lot of similarities, uh, both residents in Queens, New York, uh, Puerto Rican heritage. But the thing about it was that his art and a lot of his designs were a great mixture of just um, things that I was a fan of, whether it was Kung Fu movies, anime, um, Charlie Brown. He has some stuff with the snorks. But above all that was the great and positive reinforcement and representation of Puerto Rican culture uh, and the different aspects of it from activism to Puerto Rican athletes to just a lot of uh, acknowledgement of the deep African roots within Puerto Rican culture. It really just it got my attention. It's I really started just doing a deeper dive into his work. And next thing you know, uh, one Instagram or one Instagram DM later, we're talking, we're chatting. And I'm like, damn, I really want to share his story with you guys, mostly because I'm a fan of what he's doing. Also, you know, we have the Puerto Rican Day Parade coming up soon here in New York. And I just wanted to use my platform to showcase um, a fellow Puerto Rican creator who is just out there not only creating amazing art, but really using it to um, enforce our and keep our cultural identities alive, especially when it comes to Puerto Rican culture, which is so diverse with elements of African culture, elements of uh, Native American culture, and so much more. Uh, this conversation touched on many different things, uh, from race to self-identity to mourning the loss of a parent to using that loss to inspire our creativity. We touched a lot of different things. It was a departure from our usual conversations on this podcast, but it was just a conversation I felt needed to be had. And I'm really, really glad that I can share it with you guys. So without any further ado, let's turn things over to Bobito Ross and learn more about the toys and tech of his trade. Bobito, what's going on? Thanks for taking the time to chop it up with us. 
I'm good, my brother, man. I appreciate you, man. Like I tell everybody every time I speak to them, man, as long as we both wake up and everybody wakes up, we bless and we just take it from there. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate the opportunity to talk to the people and speak to you as well. So thank you, man. Yeah. Every day above ground is a good day. (laughs) Very true indeed, man. A lot of people take that for granted. So, you know, life is of the essence. Got to go forward and appreciate every moment as a gift. You know what I mean? Absolutely. One of the one of the first things when I was learning about your work and picking up some of the stuff that you were putting out in terms of merchandise and different apparel was obviously the Bob Ross influence, your avatar. First and foremost, I grew up watching Bob Ross. He was a staple in my house as a kid, you know, PBS Channel 13 when you stayed home from school, you know, uh, the blues and the brushes. And I kind of wanted to start from there and touch on your origin story. I know, you know, you're a you're a tried and true New Yorker. Um, your dad is from Yauco, Puerto Rico. And, um, you know, you really emphasize putting a lot of Puerto Rican culture into your work. So I want to start there first, how you got started as an artist and how much of a factor did your upbringing have in influencing so much of your artwork? I mean, well, I started off in art. I mean, grew up in Queens, Jamaica, Queens, New York. That's where I actually grew up at. Um, My first influences of art pretty much was, you know, cartoons. You know, back in the days, we only had like, you know, very limited TV channels. You know, we didn't have cable back then. There was no iPads. There was no YouTube. So pretty much we had channel two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven. So everything from cartoons back in the day, but which really gravitated my love was um, graffiti. I used to live right by the elevated trains in Queens that would bring a lot of artists from Brooklyn. And graffiti was pretty much the like uh, beginning process of, you know, taking my art to that next level with the increasement of, you know, pretty much cartoons and everything you see on TV from Tom and Jerry, you know, to, uh, you know, Space Ghosts. So a lot of cartoons that we grew up on every day, because that's pretty much, you know, what we had as kids growing up. We didn't have movies. We had movies, but not to the point where, you know, streaming is availability now. We didn't have that back in the day. So the first love or like the first, you know, dimension that took me to another place was graffiti, actually. The the thing about graffiti, especially, you know, with five points and such a huge resurgence, I know so many, so many friends are were that were into graph when they were younger and are back into it now and they're filling up their black books and leaving uh, stickers throughout most of the boroughs. Um, the thing about it is that when you look at graffiti, especially now, it's become such a fabric of life versus back in the day when we were growing up, it was always like, ah, you know, it was either a really nice mural or maybe a really good roll gate at a store, but it wasn't as widely accepted as it is now. And I kind of want to touch on that because when you were picking up graffiti growing up, did you always aspire to integrate that into your artwork or were you trying to go out there and, and bomb and, and do that stuff again? Not that that's what, not that we're encouraging it, but obviously you got to get your feet wet, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, still connecting on your first question, you know, my roots is pretty much, you know, also incorporated in my artwork as well. You know, being, you know, you know, my nationality born in New York city, but American, but my ethnicity being Boricua, you know, and having the Afrikaner sense of who I am and where we come from, that also interprets in my work as well. Never, never forgetting and losing the cultural roots of where you are. 
regardless of where you might be born from. You know what I'm saying? So that definitely is highly impacted of what I do and everything that I do. But, you know, like for from a young artist, for a young writer at the time growing up, like in the 80s, um, you just wanted this to be dope, man. You just wanted to do something that was totally different. Graffiti was an eyesore back in the days. It was never even anything to be what it is now. Same thing with hip hop, because, you know, I grew up the time when hip hop, you know, was in its, in its, in its beginning preliminary stages. Not, never, nobody ever saw it to be what it is now. Same thing with graffiti. You know, it was pretty much having a voice where we didn't have a voice. You know what I'm saying? Be able to speak what the community is all about, but you're not seeing it on TV. So we were pretty much like the street reporters, but in a sense about Renaissance being it to interpreting into art. So it was never, you know, I never saw it to where it is now. You know, I never incorporated that. It would introduce me to what I'm doing now with my own art as well. It was pretty much, man, something I love to do. And I'm like, wow, these guys are dope. How do I learn to do it like them? And, you know, just have an understanding of the culture. Because graffiti always started on the trains. That's the actual canvas that it actually should be on, trains. What happened was throughout the years, you know, you couldn't just go into the yards to paint. You know what I mean? Security got higher. You know what I'm saying? So you had to now take it from trains to, like, legal walls. And to now everything is, you know, galleries, which is dope as well. But the true essence of it is on metal trains back in the day. So like this, the enjoyment of seeing something that you can relate to of other kids from other neighborhoods doing the same thing you can do was like, because art is basically when you can start criticizing or critiquing other artists, that's what makes art art. And at a point, graffiti was never considered an art. As you can see now, it's pretty much transcended throughout the whole planet just like hip hop has. So for me at that time, it was just like doing something that I love to do and how are these brothers and sisters doing it? And if they can do it, why can't I do it too? So that's pretty much like how I saw it in the beginning stages. You know what I mean? It was just like, it was a world that was not from this world. You know what I mean? Because graffiti goes back to the hieroglyphics. You know what I'm saying? If you want to go that far back. So it was something that's been in the essence for a long time, but it just actually uh, evolved throughout years and years and years. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that using, using that and, and really emphasizing that aspect of graffiti is something that it's, it's something that's real. It, it's, it's not something that's in vogue. It's not something that's, that's all of a sudden artistically uh, viewed as favorable. It's one of the things that took a lot of work. Same thing with hip hop. I mean, m- much like you, you know, an eighties baby myself, like hip hop was, it was underground when it was when it was blasting in the neighborhoods, especially if you were in a predominantly Puerto Rican neighborhood. Ah, tu eso puesto. You know, people get all mad, uh, especially the old folks. They don't want to hear that. But now there's there's so much influence, not just in hip hop, but even in in Spanish music that that hip hop influence comes in. And even a lot of the reggaeton artists crossing over and bringing that sound, the island sound into, you know, music here in the States. It's amazing that. So much of it gets so accepted, but it took a long time to look at it that way. Yeah, because another thing also, too, with hip hop, a lot of it came from the island. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people from the island brought it here. So a lot of things people don't know about, you have to do the education where hip hop has been farther. I mean, hip hop goes back to the, you know, drum days when we just go around circle and just talk. You know what I'm saying? So it's been in the essence of hip hop 
has always been there. Even going back to Puerto Rico, it has been going there since the beginning of time. Yeah. So a lot of things that hip hop artists do now, it's really an interpretation of what they've been doing in PR for a long time. But you won't get the education if you don't do the knowledge behind it. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people might not know that, but the more you do research and you start speaking to people of the culture, you start seeing that it's been there for a very, it's been there for the minute for a long time already. You know what I'm saying? But it's a great thing. Whereas, um, it can communicate to so many different types of people, you know what I'm saying? Growing up, you know, it was something that was not socially accepted graffiti and hip hop at the time. But if you look at those two uh, genres itself right now, just musically and art wise, it has impacted this whole world tremendously. Like it's, it's something that, you know, you can't go nowhere without not hitting, hearing hip hop or seeing graffiti in any neighborhood. And, you know, it could transcend it now to street art, which that's something totally different, but it has now crossed over into that mainstream. You know what I'm saying? Now, one of the things that I liked in, in looking at some of the work that you did was you emphasized the, 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 the African culture that is within Puerto Rican culture. And I feel, and this is, you know, totally just based on our conversation. I've always feel that there's always been a disconnect because I feel that there's a lot of self-hatred among our people because what happens is I see sometimes, you know, if you're fair skinned versus your dark skinned versus, but at the end of the day, the roots are the roots. And it, it now more than ever over the last, you know, the last two years with everything going on, I see so much of it, especially on, on social media where there's a lot of that self-hatred. And one of the things I really appreciated in the work that you're putting out is that positive, that positive vibe, the, the appreciation of those other roots, those African roots, because I mean, you know, uh, uh, about a six months ago, a little over a year ago, I did a, uh, 23, um, 23 and me for my daughter so that she could, so that I can show, share with her where I come from. And it's exactly that you see, like on the bottom, it'll tell you like it equals your Puerto Rican, but it's like there's African, there's Nigerian, Cameroon, you know, Spain. There's there's such a vast genetic makeup, but it kills me because we see so much of that, you know, amongst our own people that 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 disconnect uh, with the with their African roots. And I really, really, really like and truly appreciate and admire the fact that you put that forward front and center you know, with a lot of your work, I think it's something that uh, the younger generation needs to know more of, because I feel that there's a lot of color coding, you know, like that, like they're like, ah, you know, uh, you know, that person, you're not, they're not full Puerto Rican. At the end of the day, they're all from the island, you know? I mean, you know, for me, is just knowing all your roots, man. You can't accept, you, you got to know where you're from. And if you don't know where you're from, how you can have any, how can you move forward in life if you don't know where you're from? Yep. And you can't, you can't forget where your ancestors came from, not even just your ancestors, where your grandparents came from, your great grandparents came from, because without them being who they are, you know, you, I won't be where I'm at right now. So I have to acknowledge them from the very beginning to where I'm at at this moment. You know what I'm saying? So like a lot of people are quick to identify with the Spaniard part you know what I mean? With the indigenous part, then, you know, from something about crossing the water, you lose the African part of who you are as people. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so you're quick to, you know, it's, it's another form of not accepting who you are. And you mm-hmm. can't really accept yourself and your people if you don't actually accept everything of who you are. There's really, there's no really no understanding. And most of that understanding goes with knowledge of self and knowing who you are, where you come from. It's an individual thing. And, you know, a lot of, yeah, yeah, of course, there's a lot of it's self-hatred because once you're living in a country, you know, you're indoctrinated by these American ways, 
And if you don't wake up from it, eventually you're going to lose yourself. And I always tell people, and I have a shirt actually on the website, um, you know, shameful plug, www.babitaross.com. Whereas um, it says, you know, Puerto Ricans could be the endangered species. Yep. Because if we don't, if we don't actually recognize the history, it is his story of what they're trying to do. We're back. We're basically going to lose ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? So like even myself to know the, to know the people, you have to know the culture and that's just the language, the foods, the history, you know, everything, it, it takes everything. So you have to make sure as, I can't worry about what other people do. I have to worry about for myself being an example mm-hmm. to my, my daughter. You know, she's 13 and, you know, no better example than being the example yourself. So I have to put my place out there and show everybody, listen, you know what I'm saying? I know where I'm from. I'm recognizing it. And, yo, as you get older in life and younger life is always great. You can always educate yourself about stuff you didn't know before. So if you have a lack of understanding, you know, you got a smartphone, start using that phone for what it is. That's not <laughs> allowing that phone to be a cell phone, putting you in a cell state of mind, whereas you can't grow. Don't allow the phone to control you. Grasp, grasp the information out there and seek it. So, you know, I'm just playing my part, which I tell people all the time in a bigger puzzle of this world, because, you know, everybody's time is temporary. But make sure you have a purpose to your passion instead of your passion having no purpose. You get what I'm saying? No, absolutely. So for me, it's just putting all the pieces together. And actually, on, on a real note, you know, pay homage to the ones that put you here because all the struggles that our grandparents and great grandparents been through to get us to you and I to talk right now. We got to salute them for that, because if that's the case, then, you know, we have, you know, uh, we failed them. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying we can't we can't forget about everything they had to deal with compared in their lifetime to where we're right now sitting at a little bit, you know, easier path of life and forget that what they did was help us to get to the point where we're moving forward now. So for me, is just recognizing our roots, keeping the truth of it and each one teach one in a sense of giving education where education is missing a miseducation. You know what I'm saying? That's the main thing for me. No, I, I think that, that it's, it's vital that we're touching on that because Again, I knew our conversation would kind of delve into that stuff because over time, especially now, like you said, we have so much information at the ready that if you can't find out about yourself and your history, it's it's legitimately a conscious choice that you're not doing it. Because like I said, between DNA documentaries, I mean, I saw a documentary not too long ago about, you know, the erasing of Taino culture. And, you know, how they pretty much you couldn't they couldn't speak their own language, all of that stuff. And it just blew me away just because I didn't even know that. And, and you know, just like anything else, I try to stay informed, keep my, my finger on the pulse of what's going on. And I was just like, well, damn, you know, like and, and certain words that even as as Puerto Ricans, whether in the island or even growing up in New York, you pick up like that Taino influence that's in them. Like, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that came from that. So constantly learning and it's like you know i'm 40 years old now and i'm still learning about my own heritage mostly because i didn't know it and as a father myself now you know my daughter's going to be three i want to be able that when she asks me you know dad where do i come from i can say here's your story you know because i think that that's one of the deepest things that so many people are missing that you can do easily now yeah, and as a parent, that's our obligation and a privilege. Like, if you can't teach them, it's like you failed your child, not giving them the information and the tools. Because then if you don't teach them by the time they have their kids, really, are they going to be anything of what we are? Can they really say they are Puerto Rican? 
Yep. They 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 can say they might have descended from a race uh, ethnicity that was Puerto Ricans, right? Yep. That's crazy to even think that. You know what I mean? That something that is now alive can be disappeared in in, in a matter of years. You know what I'm saying? So at the same time, we can't allow what the system is doing to us day to day, you know, whitewashing us out little by little. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, you have to acknowledge where you're from, because if not, if you don't have your culture, why would you want to adopt somebody else's culture? hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? They've been doing that since the beginning of time. So you're never too late to learn at the same time. Like you just said it, you got to want to learn, man. Yep. So my thing is, you know, time is of an essence. And if you don't wake up every day trying to learn something, then what did you really do for that day besides brief? <laughs> a whole lot of taking up space. <laughs> you're just existing instead of living. And there's two big differences. You're just holding up space. If you're existing, if you're not living, then, you know, what I mean, you're, you're part of the plan that they wanted to be. And you're falling into everything that they want you to do. Not what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. While while on the subject of parents and and our upbringings. I want to talk a little bit about your dad um, in doing in researching for our conversation. You know, I saw that, you know, the, the passing away of your dad really sparked you to take your creativity and and the work that you were putting out there to the next level. And I want to know just from from a from a storytelling standpoint, what what aspect of his passing? What 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 made you go to the next level? What was it? Was it, you know, putting your work out there for people to purchase it? Was it starting your own merchandise? What, what was that next chapter that you weren't able to accomplish without that spark from his passing? I mean, during, during his passing at the same time, that was when Puerto Rico was dealing with the hurricane. So there was like a multitude of things that actually avalanched me at that time. Right. So, you know, dealing with having, you know, your, your, um, you got the architects, as you want to call them, your mom or your dad, whoever raised you, your grandmother, your abuela or your tios, your tias, whoever, you know, put some type of um, structure in your life. Right. You want to make sure that they're proud of you and what you do. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So and my and my father going through his situation and him passing was like telling me, yo, time is of an essence, man. You have no time to be wasting. So why wait for tomorrow for what you can do today? Get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it gave it gave me the moment of real, realization where I had to look at like, damn man, I wanted to show Pop certain things that I was capable of doing in a physical. Even though he's not here in a physical, I'm still able to do it on a spiritual sense because he's always with me. He's always in my heart, my mind. Your mind is always going to live forever. The physical won't. But at the same time, while I'm here on my physical, I can still do what I can to make up for the time lost for him. You know what I'm saying? And, and still attribute. Whatever he installed into me being Boricua, Puerto Rican, that's from dad. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so for me, it was, it was, it was, it was a spiritual thing. You know what I'm saying? It was like, if, if I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. No, I hear you. And to, to hear you share that story and, and just that, you know, um, you know, I, it brought up personal feelings for me. Just, I'm not going to go into it, but similar, similar circumstances, you know, same hell, different devils. And to hear and to hear that be such an inspiration for you, I said, you know, to it, it shows how much of an impact that just like you said, the right support system has on taking you to that next level, whether you're doing it because it's a it's a fire under your ass or whether you're doing it because you want to honor the sacrifice that they made, the paying it forward, as I like to say, you know, to hear to hear that from you, it, it's it, 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 you know, it resonates with me heavily. Because yeah. it's it's yeah, insane. 
You know, you look at you look at the sacrifices your parents make and you're like, well, damn, they sacrificed so much for me. They gave me so much with less Then Why can't I do more? And it also, too, at the end of the day, man, you have a responsibility as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you know, you have to pay respect to, like I said, man, I got I got a lot. You know, what I do is bigger than me. People might ask me what you mean by that is a lot of people that paved the way for me to be where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get, you know. Um, they might not understand that, but you got to think about the lineage and the heritage and everybody you come from that did what they had to do for you to be here at the moment of where you're at in this present time. So for me, with Pops, it was just like, you know, um, like, all right, cool. You know, he might not be in a physical, but it still gives me opportunity. Plus what was going on in Puerto Rico at the time with the hurricane and everything, like, how can I help out my people without being there? You, mm-hmm. know, you have to think in a sense of not being selfish. So since I can't be there in a physical, right, what can I do with my abilities, my artwork? So the best time to help your own people is whatever type of art you can do, whether you're a poet, whatever artisan you are, artist, whether, you know, if you can do anything that can help out just to help out, you know what I mean? So I started out doing um, fundraisers. The fundraiser I did, the first one was in Grumpy Bird in Brooklyn. It was for, for Pinta por la Patria. And all the monies went to PR. It was me and a group of other people that uh, an artist by the name of Daniel de Jesus put together. You know what I'm saying? So that was my first emergence of allowing my artwork to be put out there. Because once you put yourself out there, get ready for criticism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Get ready, to see, get, ready for what, get ready to see if what you have is really what you have. Because now if, if, you, if you're really about what you do, the people are going to let you know if you really are about what you do. Because without the people, you, you know, you're still going to be a dope human being regardless of the fact. But if you, if the people don't love what you do, you know, it won't gravitate. So that beginning show showed me that pretty much every piece that I had got sold. And I donated one to the actual person who was running it, Albert, who ran Grumpy Bird at the time, still does. But all the monies went to PR. So that was fulfilling for me. So with Pops passing, it was my way of me paying homage to him and the people of PR being in this border, aquí in Nueva York, to help them out. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, you know, not being in PR at the time and, you know, is my way of saying, I'm here. I didn't forget about you. These little monies can help you out, but I know you need it more than I do right now. So that was my way in my beginnings of applying what dad instilled to me being, you know, a proud for Puerto Rican, a Boricua, and now helping out the people that I come from. So that was pretty much like a combination and the beginning of everything working out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was it was a it was a perfect storm of creativity and just really positive vibes and initiatives to really just open you up to the world. And I clearly, clearly it's been you've been killing it ever since. And I wanted to touch on that a little further because I noticed, you know, a lot of the the stuff that you're putting out, you're you're obviously acknowledging a lot of our roots and our heritage, but you're also acknowledging things like, you know, the young lords and and a lot of a lot of their messaging and a lot of that, uh, the a lot of the stuff that was behind that organization is in influencing a lot of your work. And I wanted to ask you about that because that's that's one of those things that you just don't see. Like, yeah, you see a documentary here and there. Like, I remember the the one they dropped in 96 on PBS about them. And, um, you know, I mentioned here and there in passing, but it's not something that's really front and center. And I want to ask you, what what inspired you to start sharing that messaging and more about that organization and what they were doing? Because the thing about it is that that group has a very 
um, it has a very broad history because for the uninformed, you know, the Young Lords, they they formed in 1960 in Chicago initially as a gang. And then, you know, over time, that grew into something more than just, quote unquote, a street gang. They were a civil and human rights organization. They were always looking to self-improve and do right by Puerto Rico, Latinos and even people that they felt were, quote unquote, colonized. They would go out there, whether it was through education, direct confrontation, just hardcore activism. They were really going out there and promoting that stuff. And the reason I gave people that that tiny history lesson is because, like I said, so much of it is within so much of your work. So what drew you and inspired you to pull from that for a lot of your stuff? The main thing is they were for the people. Mm. I mean, if you can't be for the people, then who are you really for then? Yep. I mean, the people run everything. Like, without people, what can you really do? And their message cannot be silenced and be disappeared. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even my artwork, yeah, I'm paying homage to them, but the imagery is more important than, you know, me selling a T-shirt and stuff like that. Because it's keeping their spirit is keeping their spirit alive. And once their spirit goes you know, their, their efforts of what they were doing will disappear. You know what I'm saying? So mm. yeah, I might do a little hat here. I might do a shirt here, you know, but the main thing that I'm doing is keeping their spirit alive and the spirit is, you know, the spirit is eternal. So for me, you know, sometimes I gravitate to certain things because that's just the spirit within me telling me to do it. You get what I'm saying? Like yep. it's deeper than, it's deeper than my artwork. So what they did was pretty much, you know, be there for the people. So for me, it's just my way of saying, yo, thank you for what y'all did. I wasn't, you know, I was a young boy at the time. I was born in 75, so I missed it. But at the same time, you know, they're like our modern day superheroes. We don't got no Batmans. We don't got no Superman. We don't got no Iron Mans. You know what I mean? So right. where are the real super? Where are the real superheroes at for us, right? So you need to acknowledge those people, like without bypassing them, because if you th- if you don't acknowledge them. Then you're basically saying what they did was to waste. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you rock a long, you know, young lord shirt and this, that, the third. But like, if you don't spread what they're doing, then you're not doing anything. So my my, my sense of just bringing more awareness to them, and you know, for me as a person of the people, you know, I can help out where I can help out as well. I'm gonna do that, man. I mean, like I told you before, like in a couple of minutes before, make sure you got a purpose to what you do. You know what I'm saying? Being on this existence and living this temporary life as of being a human being, because we're more than human beings, we're just living this human being experience, as I say. You know what I'm saying? Um, the people come first. And if the people come first and we all get collectively one understand that, this world would not be the way it is right now. And it all starts individually. So I have to play my part in my artwork just to not uh, overlook that for them and keep their spirit alive in what I do. So a lot of it is like, you know, the symbolism is very strong. Some people might not get it now, like your people like yourself get it. But, you know, in, in time, five years from now, 10 years from now, the work that I'm doing is classic. People yep. are not going to understand it at this moment, but it's going to resonate to the point that, wow, because it's going to make you think about it. And once you start thinking, that's the biggest sex organ on your body is your brain. Yep. As I tell my lady all the time. That's going to help you then understand and dwell into things where like, wow, what can I do to help out the people and myself to make a change? And once people start doing that individually as a collective, the whole world will start changing. But until that time comes, I only can play my part and, you know, not forget and thank them and pay homage to them of what they did, both male and female. Because without, you know, besides every man is a stronger woman. That's right. 
You get what I'm saying? So you can't forget that, man. So that's just my way of thanking them and, you know, putting like a battery in my back. A lot of people say, yeah, but what do you do for the young lords? At the same time is, you know, I, my artwork is what I do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's art, you know, people say art activism. I'm just doing what I do because my spirit guides me in that sense. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I don't have all the answers, but I know what I'm doing is doing, I'm doing it from the heart, from the corazón. And from there, I just go forward with it. You know what I mean? You, you're, what you're doing, and, and it's interesting that you frame it that way, is you're also creating conversation because if somebody goes and buys a Young Lords shirt and they're wearing it and they're walking someplace and people be like, Young Lords, what's that? A person who did the research, did the homework before buying the shirt is going to take that three minutes to school somebody on what they were about, who they were, et cetera. Or uh, it might be somebody from that generation that's walking down the street that might see that, you know, and give you the head nod of respect, you know, and 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 feel a sense of, you know, that uh, you might make that person's day by just acknowledging, especially if they were part of that struggle during that era. For them to see that through your artwork, through through the stuff that you're putting out, you're creating conversations that most people wouldn't be having. I know. It, most of my work is conversational pieces. I would say in, in the high 90, 99% of it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. My work has to make you think. If it don't make you think, then what are you doing? I mean, yeah, it's artwork, you know, at the same time, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you, you have a power in what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, once again, it's your purpose in what you do. Don't waste your purpose. You know what I'm saying? Your time is very, very limited. You have a certain amount of heartbeats on this planet. You know what I'm saying? You have to use each of those heartbeats to its fullest potential. Like most people won't gravitate to what I just said, but at the same time, the most that do understand what I'm saying are using their gift and abilities and putting the work ethic behind it and actually is actually pushing that that forward. So a lot of my work is conversational pieces, man. And like you said, you get the head nod from people, you start talking. So it's like I said, I mean, it's keeping the spirit alive. As long as the spirit's alive, their movement and what they did for the people will never die. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just playing my part on a long gate and I'm just a little fence. My part, my That's part it. of the chain leak on a bigger gate and pick a bigger fence. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm doing. You know what I mean? I only can do what I can do. That's it. You know what I mean? I want to I want to touch a little bit on on the business side of things because we got, you know, people that are on entrepreneurial journeys. Um, I want to talk about when your your first sale, when you launched your shop and you got your first sale. What was that like? What did you feel when that first when that first sale went through? Tell me about that day. I mean, that shit was amazing, B. I mean, that's great. You know, <laughs> when uh, I mean, I could say it as real as that, man, that shit was amazing. It, it's not, yo, nothing more gratifying. You, and, and I'll break it down in a sense beyond that. It's not more gratifying when people can appreciate what you do and it makes them smile and your work goes to a home that they appreciate what you do. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, anybody that can, yo, it, for me personally, I don't care how much you spend on my site. You could spend five dollars. You could spend twenty, a hundred thousand. It don't make a difference. You know what I mean? You could have took that money and went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could have bought kids food. You could have bought your kids presents. You could have bought clothes. You could have bought the light in the house. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, it was very gratifying because that person took their hard-earned money and spent it on me, and that was really dope. That's priceless, man. I have that dollar bill in a frame. You know what I'm saying? Um, part of the monies that was actually paid to my first order. So man, it's unbelievable when people can believe in what you do and they actually are willing to support you. 
support is key, man. Like if the, if you know the people don't support you, how far are you gonna go? You ain't gonna go that far, to be honest. You're gonna be local, and that's cool. But my 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 voice and what I'm trying to do and what I am doing it's it's worldwide. There is no limitation to where I'm going with what I'm doing, because no matter what country, no matter what continent you are, we as a people have to fight against the struggle. You know what I mean? So, yep. and what I do is bring recognition to that and bring people's awareness to see that. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you got to give power to those who are powerless and to give voice to those who are voiceless at the same time. And never forget that. So that 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 moment was it was amazing because you know it showed me what I'm doing is, is right and people support it. So once the people support you, you're never gonna you never you know you, there's no point of stopping. You just keep pushing yourself my palante, my palante. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Now I want to talk a little bit about your your creative process and how you go about choosing your designs. Do you uh how's that creative process? Do you do you doodle a lot and kind of get a couple of different ideas together? And I ask this because you know going through I see so many things that are either a part of my childhood, a fabric of who I am within your artwork, like seeing Gordon Liu, you know, like I, that takes me back to Sundays watching karate movies on Channel 5. Um, you know, 18 Bronze Men is still in VHS somewhere in my garage. So, you know, seeing um, Charlie Brown, seeing Yasuke and, and, and the Wu-Tang stuff. So there, there's so many awesome things there and so many different pieces of nostalgia. How, what's your thought process when you're going through picking some of that stuff? I mean, you know, inspiration can come from anything and anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So being a child from 1975, you know, the cartoons, the movies, the series, the shows, people, nature, you know what I'm saying? Being in love with fantasy, sci-fi, Star Wars fan. I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. You know what I'm saying? Sports too. So, you know, a lot of it is just my childhood, man. You know, never lose that child spirit. You know what I'm saying? I'll be honest, man. So everything you see that I do is just parts of my childhood. Now I'm able to bring it to life. You know what I mean? So some of the pieces you've seen, the Wu Yasuke, um, the, um, the Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, those were collaborations that I did with people that, you know, I give people the opportunity in a sense, whereas let's build together. Right. So if you got an idea you want to build with me, we'll chop it up and I'll bring your idea to fruition. You know what I'm saying? So most of my inspiration be like, yeah, I can sketch sometimes and doodle shit, but sometimes it'd be just off the head. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'll just take, and you know, and I don't like canvases, mm. you know what I'm saying? I like taking refurbish or repurpose, excuse me, repurpose uh, pieces of material. There's some pieces that I use an old mesa for mi abuela in the house, and I did some a piece of artwork on it. There are plaques that my, you know, that I had lying around that my uncle had. He was about to throw away. I ripped off all of the medallions, repainted it, and did a piece out of it. So most of the pieces, if you check the website, um, some of those, I'll break it down to you. They might be pieces of furniture. So it just adds more the organic, uh, it brings more life to it that way because there's a story to tell. Right. Make sure doing life, there's a story behind it because it makes that piece more special. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yep. so, so the Gordon Liu piece, the Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, the dude that bought it, is a, he's, he's from our era too. He loves martial arts. So to, to connect with somebody that loves what, what we love, Channel 5 and Channel 11 back in the days, Godzilla, martial art flicks, and do something like that for somebody who enjoys it as much as you, yo, man, it's priceless, man. I mean, no amount of money can pay for it, you know what I'm saying? Because that person appreciates what you appreciate. You get what I'm saying? Yep. It's not like they're 
they're not art mongers or hoarders. You know what I'm saying? They appreciate what you do because they can understand you. You know, so my pre- yo, my inspiration can even come from this conversation that we're having right now. You know what I'm saying? That's how spontaneous the mind is. So, you know, it can be just walking in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Just hearing a sound. People. I go to a place to eat with my lady. It might be the food we eat and chill with my daughter, have a conversation. So the inspiration is as far as you want to take it. But most of it is because of my childhood, man. Never lose that child essence because if you lose it, you're done. You know what I'm saying? So for me, what keeps me forever young is my childhood. And that's my inspiration. Now, living that kid's dream and actually living it. I I, I love that. You know, it, it's funny. My my daughter and I, she built a I bought a replica 84 Voltron and <laughs> she got into it and I she helped me build it. She knew like the first way that she learned colors was learning the colors of the lions. And, um, you know, I took like little videos and stuff and people were like, oh, that's crazy. But exactly that, like being a kid at heart and being able to pass that on and taking that messaging and gift wrapping it for somebody. Because, again, you know, people people are fleeting, but the way you make them feel is not. So, like you said, you yep. gave that person that, that Gordon Liu piece. They may, you may never talk to that person ever again, but if somebody walks in their house and they see that piece, they'll be like, man, I got it from this guy, man. He really, he appreciated this stuff. Like, just like I did. And they'll have a story. There'll be some passion behind it. And that, that interaction, that, that transfer of energy will live on, which, which I like, man. And I, and I respect that that's how you approach it. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's priceless, man. It's like, yo, you know, when the people appreciate what you do, man, no amount of money can matter up to what I do. You know what I'm saying? So when you meet people that appreciate your art for the art that you do, because they can understand it and they've been there before. And they, those are, you're basically bringing out gems and memories of part of their pastime and the nostalgia is still there. And that's part of them, you know, being who they are still, but they might've forgot about it. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, you got jobs, you know, you're married, you got kids, you have a wife, you have a husband. So a lot of things in his day-to-day life kind of make you suppress what you used to love. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I like to bring out that if I could work with somebody, those memories, because that's what's going to keep you young, man. Absolutely. People say to me, what keeps me young? I'm like, I do what I love. I love what I do at the end of the day. And that's going to keep me young forever in mind, heart and soul. You know what I'm saying? So once you keep those things, and matter of fact, the gentleman who does have that Shaolin versus Wu-Tang piece. He owns three of my pieces like that. He owns the <laughs> Wu Yasuke one. He owns the, the 30, uh, peanuts, uh, 36 Chambers Peanuts one. And he owns the, uh, the Wu Yasuke, Charlie Brown one, and actually the Gordon Liu one, Shaolin versus Wu-Tang. So he's in the process of acting, building up, building his first in Museo de Babito. Oh, man. So he has, if you look at the video on my page, that's his house. With those vid- with those pieces, that's not me. That's him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I don't own any of. The- I have no artwork of mine. I my thing is once I do it, it has to go. Yep. Because I, it's it's not me, and I don't want to be selfish. I'd rather give what I have a part of me because each piece that I've given to somebody, or I've done for somebody, or a person has brought, is a part of me. So you're taking home a part of me, the artist. You yep. know what I'm saying. And then it's like saying, yo, I might not know him, but I have a part of him with me. And then mm. there's a story to tell because you're taking that home and you're appreciated the same way I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, yo, man, to your question, initially, it's priceless, B. It's priceless, man. I, um, I want uh, the one thing I liked that you recently did, you know, you're doing a, a Instagram story. You're going to the post office to mail out orders 
you know, you're never too big to still get your hands dirty. <laughs> and, I, and I respect that. And I kind of want to go through that process of, you know, merchandise order fulfillment. Are you sitting there and legitimately hand packing every order, you know, on a Friday night, going to that post office on a Saturday, um, really just embracing that grind from soup to nuts because you know that it's going to be the best it's going to be because it's coming from you? Yeah. I mean, you know, 90% of everything that's sent out is through me. I do work with drop shipping companies that actually facilitate maybe a t-shirt of mine or a sweater, but any of the art pieces that anybody has bought has come from me. Any of some of the pins, cause I used to do everything myself, but it's a lot easier now where mm-hmm. I can actually get some of the hats done. So it might come from a manufacturer that I work where I work with a couple of manufacturers actually, but at the same time, yeah, I'm that dude that's pat. Yo, I work the shipping department. <laughs> I am customer service. <laughs> I am jack of all trades because at the end of the day, right, you got to know your business from the ins and the outs. Mm-hmm. So when you do get to the point of where you, you know, you, people call me, you know, you blow up. You know how it was to start in the bottom because Hell yeah. you every part. Of it, you know what I'm saying? So how can you fall if you never fell before? You get what I'm saying? So I've worked every part and I still do it. So me showing people, you know, me going to the post office, there's been many runs that I went to the post office, but that's my connection with the people to let them know that, yo, I'm a human being myself, just like y'all out there. And, you know, I do got to wait on the line. I do got to deal with the COVID. You know what I mean? I do take my time because, you know, you know, my work is personal for you to actually take time to, you know, purchase my work or even look at my website or even interact with me the same way we're doing now. I appreciate that, man. It's beyond words because, you know, without the people, where would you be? So, yeah, to your question initially, yeah, I'm the one that ships it out. So if you get a handwriting from me, that's me. You know what I'm saying? Or sometimes it's been my daughter that I try to implement. I teach her what it's called nepotism. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Keep the business within the family. Nepotism is a good word. It's not a bad word. A lot of people need to look that up. It's built within your own. You know what I'm saying? And pass down the knowledge of actually, you know, what's called generational wealth. So what I'm doing now is pretty much building a generational wealth for my daughter and her family. You know what I'm saying? So she can have some, some type of stability that she can stand on because- you know, we grew up, our parents might not, you know, they might have done the best they could for us, you know, make sure we have food, clothing and shelter, which is priceless, but they might not, they might not drop all the other jewels. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So we, we as parents now have to pick up the ball or the baton and the, and the race of this life, what we want to call a race and um, continue to go forward with that. So, you know, it's, it's a dope feeling, man. Like, so at the end of the day, yeah, man, if you get anything handwritten from me, it's from me. You know what I'm saying? I might not have everything here, but I have some stuff in another place, but that's somebody I know personally, like family that's doing it as well. So anything handwritten, you are getting it from me. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, I, I try to do everything I can do, but at the same time, you know, as a growing, the business grows, you have to grow too. You know, that's a lot of people mess up. They start making their business, they get more money, but they got to increase their sales now and beyond increasing your sales increase how your productivity goes as well. Yep. You know, I mean, as my productivity goes, uh, my material will get better and better and better and better at the same time. So what I did last year ain't going to be the same this year, or the next year, so on and so forth. But yeah, man, I, like I told you earlier, I work the shipping department. I do, I'm all about customer service, man. I, I, I'm known for calling people. Yep. So if you have an issue from me, you would get an email from me a month, nine times out of 10, I'm calling you myself. And I have <laughs> called many of, you know, customers, to, to uh, explain situations, resolve situations, because at the end of the day, 
I'm a customer myself. If you have no customer service skills in your business, you don't really have a good business. Hell no. You don't. At the end of the day, yeah, you, you don't have a problem taking people's money. But when it comes down to you speaking to the, you know, to the people, helping them out, responding to an order, giving them information, then what are you really doing? Then you're all about greed. You're not about the people. You get what Absolutely. I'm saying? So I take my time, you know, and in, in call people, literally call people that, you know, you leave their number on my website. And if you have an issue, you hit me up on my DM or my email. I'm calling you back nine times out of 10. So anybody ever, ever hears this. And if they ever have gotten a call from me, they can vouch for that. I've gotten called people all the time. You know what I'm saying? So that's the key thing about it. Never, never be too high above your bridges to handle every part of your business. Cause that's going to make your best, the best business person possible. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I want to, I want to touch on one other thing before we move into the next segment. You, you mentioned in an interview, you, uh, in a piece you did about how working, being a night owl and working in solitude gets you in the zone. It's, it, it fuels a lot of your creativity. And I kind of want to tie that into what you just said before about dealing with your business and COVID and everything else. You know, last year was really, really crazy. And it led to more solitude than usual <laughs> for, for many of us. How did that how did that impact you creatively over the last year? I mean, you know, um, I've been I've been in solitude prior to COVID. So I ain't really affected <laughs> at all, man. I mean, as you grow older in life, you cut out a lot of toxicity from mm-hmm. yourself, from your, you know, from whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's the food you eat, you know what I mean? Whether what you listen to, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it didn't really affect me at all because I've been that way, you know, as it is, you know what I'm saying? It, it might affected a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Because they're not used to it. Right. But as I got older in my life, I kept myself to a certain, you know, regimen and, what it did, what it did for me more, it made me focus more and not focus more, but how to transition me. Because a lot of times when COVID first came out, a lot of the places that, um, I might've had garments made were shutting down or down manpower because, because of COVID. So I had to think about it strategically. All right. So if option A is closed, what can I do? B, C, D, E, F, G, you know what I'm right. saying? I had to think about options as a business owner. But when it came to creativity, nah, man, I was good. I was, I'm, I'm always a person I'm social, but I'm antisocial at the same time because I love people, but sometimes I do love me some peace of mind. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, it didn't, it didn't affect me in that sense, but it made me as a business owner have multiple plays like options, uh, audibles as football players know, you got to have audibles. So if the linebacker is trying to sack the quarterback, you know what I mean? What are you going to do next to actually run a different option? You see the linebackers coming in, so you got to change up real quick. Same thing as that. Or a pitcher's coming to a batter's coming to the plate, and you're a pitcher. You know that pitch, that batter's going to hit certain pitches. You, what are you going to do to not get this batter on? You know what I'm saying? How are you going to strike them out? Or how are you going to walk them? You know, same thing with even basketball. How are you going to play a different defense when the offense is a certain way? Yep. So it just taught me different ways of actually changing and having options, but. As sense of creativity, man, it, it, it just pushed me, man. Like I always told people, and I tell people now, if you didn't learn something through this COVID, meaning start a new business or try to start a business or learn something, learn a language, learn how to cook something, learn how to read a book or go back to reading books you used to read before reading became something that's not the norm no more. <laughs> um, then what did you really do with this COVID? Like you learn how to wash your hands? <laughs> I, um, I tell people that COVID exposed a lot of inefficiencies because, you know, People were like, 
oh, you can't work from home. You know, a lot of jobs, you can't work from home. Well, I guess everybody got to work from home. Oh, your kids can't learn remote. Oh, I guess kids got to learn. Like there were a lot of things that people lived and died on that they couldn't do. And they had to find a way to do them. So I, I respect the fact that you, as a, as a, as an entrepreneur had to really revisit and strategize instead of just blaming COVID for the problems, you know, because that's the easy way out. Like, ah, you know, I can't, I can't get these sweatshirts. You're like, all right, well, I can't get this vendor. Well, who's my other vendor in the rotation? Listen, it's 2021. You can't blame nobody but yourself, man. There you go. We live in a world that we live in a world that there's constant shit that's going to happen every day. We do not control that. Control what you can control and what you can control is the decisions and the choices you make. You know what I'm saying? So you can't be blind and oblivious to think everything is going to be rolling smoothly. It's not going to happen unless you just born today. And if you're just born today, I got to excuse you for that because you don't know. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if you've been living here for the past years and and thinking that this life is going to be sweet, I'm, I don't mean to pop your bubble, but I'm going to pop it so you can really <laughs> see what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So you have to, prior to COVID, know that there's always have to be issues in this world. Not every Listen, you have to have a duality. There's going to be good. There's going to be bad. There's going to be up. There's going to be down. You can't have in without out. You know what I'm saying? So knowing that and having that knowledge, you know when, when situations or obstacles is thrown at you at hand, how can you do better? Don't blame. Have a resolution have a plan of a strategy attack and go ahead and attack it. Complaining is not like I learned from my lady. Complaining won't get you nowhere. That's time that's going to actually impede you. You get what I'm saying? So put that effort and go forward instead of thinking about stuff that doesn't even make any sense. You know what I'm saying? That is that is a great way to close things out. Um, our, Our next segment is the hot seat. It's a series of rapid fire questions can tie into business, uh, some of the personal stuff we talk to, all the stuff we're fans of. And I want to start, uh, you know, being a, a set, growing up, uh, born in the 70s, forged in the 80s. You know, I, I got to ask, what was your one of your favorite cartoons of that era? I mean, one of my favorite cartoons was like Tom and Jerry, like the old school ones, you know, what I'm nice. saying? like, you know, if people think cartoons were violent now back in the day. Oh, man. <laughs> And yo, I wasn't going out outside hitting people in the heads with hammers and stuff like that. You know, it's a cartoon, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like, you know, um, you know, had Transformers, yep. you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, G.I. Joe, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, so like those are key ones for me growing up, man. And there's a lot of other ones. He-Man, uh, there was so many, like the, the cartoons back in the, and this is called before animation. You know, I'm talking about, you know, three, like anime, excuse me, anime, but you know, it was those cartoons, man. You had Heckle and Jekyll. You had Mighty Mouse. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You had Scooby-Doo. I mean, there was so many that, um, you know, impacted me growing up. So, but those in particular, actually, you know, you had Voltron. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there was just so many. The Snorks. You know what I'm saying? Like, nice. um, it, There's so many, man. Like, as a kid, um, Space Ghost. Was, like, that was a key one. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was just the artwork and X-Men, another one too. So it was just growing up, there was so much influences coming in that you couldn't stop. You know what I mean? But as like early, early was like Tom and Jerry. That that was like classic. There's like a classic one where they're skating in the kitchen and they freeze the kitchen and you open up the refrigerator and they're skating all around. As a kid, <laughs> you're looking at that like, damn, that's crazy, but it looks like fun. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Looney Tunes was another one, you know? So a lot of it, 
you know, it was mainly those that helped me out as a kid growing up. But, you know, mainly those, you know what I'm saying? What What do you feel is uh, a cartoon from that era that is that is underrated, that's criminally underrated, that people sleep on? Criminally underrated? I mean, you know, for me, like Transformers was criminally underrated. Like, I remember going seeing Transformers in the movies. That's what's you know up. What I'm when it first came out, you know, uh, it was... It was something where, you know, like if, if you grew up in that era, man, you, you understood that, man. I had, you know, uh, Decepticons and Transformers as well. Like, you know, not only just having seen the movie, but then getting the toys and yep. the toys was, just, you know, brought you back in time because you got to put them together. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like it was, it, you know, but, you know, overrated. Like, I mean, it, it's hard to say overrated because like if you're from that time, you too. No, underrated, underrated. Like people like didn't give it enough credit. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, um, yeah, Transformers for me, you know what I mean? At that time, you know, um, you know, it's just something it impacted me. So a lot of people might not get it growing up as a kid. So, you know, but for me, that was one. Hell yeah, I, I get it, man. I, I didn't when the Cartoon Network first first dropped is when I learned about Space Ghost. And I always felt yeah. Space Ghost was super underrated and um, Birdman and the Birdman. and the Herculoids. Dave, man. You know what I'm saying? There's so many that, you know, that passes my mind, but there's a lot, B. There's a lot. But all of that had an influence in the person you're talking to right now. You know what I'm saying? What are three mobile apps you can't live without? Oh, three mobile apps I can't live without? Got to have my Instagram. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's the key to my business right there. Um, you know what I'm saying? Damn, three mobile apps. Instagram. Um, I... My my Snapchat because I talk to my daughter back and forth with that one. You know what I mean? Nice. And uh, you know, my Navy Federal check my bank account, B. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to make sure the transition's good, you know. But Instagram is my main one because that's where I conversate and talk to the people, you know what I'm saying? And that's where I help move and maneuver my business. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm not there going through the feeds. I'm there helping, you know, myself talk to people, whether it's looking at previous orders or talking to people about orders they might want to get for the future and actually just marketing myself in my business. Instagram is like my number one marketing and branding tool. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Instagram is key for me. I know you mentioned that you weren't big into canvas and were big into repurposing art. What are, what are some of the artistic tools in your arsenal? Do you draw, are you a pencil drawer? Do you like work with inks? Um, I mean, I, I started my first artwork as a kid with the big pens, you know, Big pens was my thing. You know what I mean? I'll show you. You have a video, so I'll show you real quick. Yep. You know what I mean? Like these big pens. Yep. <laughs> those are jewels. And I mean, you know, anything. I mean, I use I'm a, as a graph writer, spray paint, you know what I'm saying? Uh, pencils, you know, uh, you know, acrylics. Uh, it's really no, there's really no medium that I, I can't use and won't use. It all depends on what the artwork feels for. You get what I'm saying? So each artwork talks to me a certain way. So when it talks to me, that's what I use for that particular art piece. You know what I'm saying? So never be scared about an art piece and, and the mediums you might use. I mean, you can use coffee grounds as color. You know yep. what I'm saying? You can use anything pretty much. You can use makeup. It all depends on your creativity and what you can do with things that people don't think you can do something with. You know what I'm saying? So pencil, pen, markers, spray paint. You know what I'm saying? There's really, there's no limit, man. It's the basic stuff and other things outside the box as well. You you mentioned how you were you were involved in the music industry and how music is a part of of, of your DNA. Uh, when you're working, what's playing in the background? Nothing. 
Really? It's like sometimes there is no music at all. Like I, have, wow. I'm straight in the zone. I don't need nothing. You know what I mean? Like music for me is personal. I, you know, I'll be really music for me is sometimes taking a walk to go visit my pops in the cemetery. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. That's my journey. That's my background music. Go see pops. You know what I'm saying? So I can be in the house doing the work for four hours straight. No music is on. Wow. You know what I'm saying. So sometimes, you know, I love music. A lot of things people don't know. I'm an MC myself. I produce as well. You know what I'm saying? So not that many people know that. So for me to listen to music, sometimes I have to really dig what I'm listening to, to listen to it. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, like if if I am listening to stuff, I try to support a lot of artists now. I'll support like a UFO Feed or Key Bihoti, you know what I'm saying? Or Ralphie Bakes, you know what I'm saying? Or Red Inf. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, The Leftovers, they got an album out now engraved in New York. So I try to support people that are doing what they're doing now. So, you know, I'm a classic Wu-Tang fan. And, you know, that's my, you know, I grew up on them. <laughs> so straight, a lot of Wu stuff, grave diggers. But when I'm doing my aura, you'd be very, like, you were surprised. I have nothing on sometimes. Be would be plain silence. Because that pretty much keeps me in a train of thought and focus in my artwork, man. And I really sometimes don't have anything on, man. It's just me. I'm in a zone. I need to focus on that. And that's it, really. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people will be probably shocked by hearing that, but yep. I don't have anything on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just caught up in a zone and um, that's really it. You know what I'm saying? What was the last book you read? The last book? I'm actually reading a book right now. I'll show you the book I'm reading. Um, it's called Knowledge of Self. Okay. It's a collection of discipline science. So I'm currently reading this. You know what I'm saying? So anybody, you know, got it. this uh, public you know what I'm saying? Yep, I'll link to about, it. You know what I'm saying? Supreme Design Publishing. You can check them on Instagram. So I'm actually reading that as well right now. So it talks about life, you know, culture, you know what I mean? Um, things that people should know about, but, you know, we get caught up in the uh, mysticism of people thinking they know everything. And when you think you know everything, you don't know, you don't know anything. 100%. So, uh, most jewels are kept in books. So that's actually one of the books I'm reading right now. You know what I'm saying? What was something you purchased recently that was less than a hundred dollars that made either your life easier or more enjoyable? Oh, uh, this shirt that I got on right now. Yeah, that shirt is bananas. You know, very dope because it brings it brings me it brings me back to home. You know what I'm saying? And and you know, little little pieces like that, you know, remind me of pops. You know what I'm saying? And our people. You know what I mean? You know, don't don't be. You know, a lot of people like you know represent where you're from, man. You know 100%. what I'm saying? You know. Being in tune with your culture does not mean you discredit anybody else's. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate who you're from and where you're from. You know what I'm saying? You know, pay your ancestors proud of what they did and make you who you are and where you're at right now. So, you know, I'll never stop doing and, and you know, being pro Boricua because that's who we are. You know what I'm saying? And um, but this is a, one of the pieces recent. You know, it's a little little token and trinket for myself. And sometimes you just got to do little things for yourself to make yourself feel good. And that's really it. You know what I'm saying? I'm a very simplistic man at the end of the day, but little things like that, little camiseta to wear outside and I, and I feel good. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? That's it. What is something, what's a non-negotiable for you when it comes to business? Oh, not, I can't deal with liars, man. All right. You know I'm saying like once the line goes about or, you know, somebody's fraudulent, I can't work with you because at the end of the day is like, you know, when are you not going to lie to me about something? You get what I'm saying? So rather me even inter- intertwine myself with you, I won't do anything with you. There's no problem in that. You have to be be yourself, man. And um, 
and for me, that's that's that's, that's the real thing. Be yourself, but don't lie, because that's not going to get you nowhere with me. I'm not going to work with you. I, I don't I don't care who you know, how much money you got. It don't make a difference because we all bleed and got to go to the same earth and eventually some time. So we ain't that much different. No, nope, I'm saying I, I tell so, people all the time, the three B's, if we bleed, breed and breathe the same, then you're no better than me. <laughs> you got, well, yo, lying is lying is something that I don't tolerate. So just be honest with me and we can be good, you know, and, you know, don't let your ego get in the way. Once your ego gets into the way, then that causes a lot of problems and stuff. So for me, just be truthful. And, you know, that's going to resonate good with me, man. That's the main thing, yo. And, and I'm real cool with everybody after that without an issue. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we talk business. We talk toys. Got to definitely talk a little tech. Um, I mean, we talk tech. We got to definitely talk a little toys. What is uh, your favorite toy from your childhood? I mean, my favorite toy was when I got Devastator. Nice. Days, like my parents, um, you know. Growing up, you, you learn certain traditions and you learn that, you know, Santa Claus is not the one dropping stuff under the tree. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's mommy and poppy. Yep. So mommy and poppy took me to TSS that used to be, as a matter of fact, excuse me, they took me to Alexander's yep. that used to be in Queens Boulevard, right? And we're doing shopping for the family and mom and dad was like, yo, pick out your Christmas present, under, you know, as a word. So at that time, Transformers was the shit and still is. Devastator came in a set box, mm-hmm. which each of them. I grabbed that. I'm like, well, I don't want one toy. I'm going to buy one toy that's <laughs> going to have about six, seven toys all together. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five, five, five pieces, I believe. One, two, three, four. Five pieces all together. And I got five pieces for one. You know there what I'm saying? Go. So for me, that was the first time that I actually got to pick a toy. And, you know, it meant a lot because, like, you know, I knew that other part of learning was not true no more. And for me, it was something that my parents gave me the opportunity and I was, I cherished it for a hot minute and then I gave it to my godson and from there he destroyed it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, I kept it for a minute and, um, that was one of the dopest piece, the dopest toys I had as a kid. That was really dope. You know That's awesome. Uh, to, to wrap up the hot seat, I call you a year from now, Bobito, how's business? What do you hope to tell me? Um, it's still kicking, man. Um, it's actually reached more people. Um, I'm able to help more people. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know, I'm all about helping the people. So if I can hire people that are aspiring, just like myself, whether it's an artist or anybody else that's trying to get into the game, um, and they want to learn the ins and outs of the business, I'm willing to work with them, you know what I'm saying? And collaborate with them and with my business venture off into other businesses where I can help other people out, to be honest, man, it's all about being benevolent in what you have, man. At the end of the day, you can't take none of this shit when you die. Nope. So, you know, might as well help out as much people you can, because I can't fit this in my coffin. It ain't going nowhere. There you so go. at the end of the day, is you know, be able to say I've helped more people and inspired, aspire to inspire is my key thing. You know what I'm saying? You got to inspire people. So, to know that I can say, hey, my business inspired five other people to start their own business. That's priceless, yo. Absolutely. So to wrap things up, we got reach one, teach one, just a piece of actionable advice we like to give to our listeners. Uh, just one last parting shot. So everybody gets framed up a little differently. Um, I want to use our conversation and our experiences. It's just a great way to put this question together. Uh, you you get invited to speak to a graduating class of high school students in Puerto Rico. What piece of advice would you give them as they go out into the world? Uh, do what you love, love what you do, stay focused, and siempre pa'lante como el elefante. That's it. 
that my friend is is an outstanding outstanding quote and way to wrap up our conversation bobito um thank you so much for taking the time to share the toys and tech of your trade before we wrap up where can people find you pick up your work and catch up with you um, you can find me on the website at www.bobitoross.com or hit me up on Instagram at bobitoross, B-O-B-B-I-T-O-R-O-S-S. Or you can email me, but most of the time you can catch me on my DM and on the actual website itself. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Bobito, thank you so much for taking the time to chop it up with us. And once again, share the toys and tech of your trade. I appreciate you, brother. Enjoy your night. Have a blessed one with my family and yours. Be safe out there. All right. What a dope conversation with Bobito. I'm glad I got to really sit down and share his story with you guys as a creator myself, as someone who has Puerto Rican heritage, ancestry and everything else. There were there were elements of that conversation that I'm really glad we got to explore. Uh, like I said in, in the beginning of this podcast, there were uh, uh, some departures from our usual conversations, but There are conversations that I feel need to be had, especially on platforms like this, when there's still a lot of underrepresentation of various cultures across the medium. It it is true. And we need to have more of that and see more of that. We need to fire up and inspire people with our stories, our voices and everything in between. And I'm really glad that Bobito got to sit down and share his story with you. I truly hope that you gained not only knowledge but inspiration for your journeys your endeavors and if you're a person who feels that they are underrepresented go out there and do something to really bring your culture forward Um, give your culture a voice whether it's through uh, something like this like a podcast or another form of artistic expression do that because again we're not just laying the groundwork for ourselves, but also for future generations as well. And I'm really, really glad, like I said, to have that kind of conversation on this week's episode. Make sure to check out Bobito on Instagram and also on his website. We'll include links for that in the show notes for this episode, along with some of the other items that we discussed. As always, full disclosure, certain items will contain affiliate links, which if you click They will allow us to receive a small commission at no additional cost to you, which, of course, goes towards creating just a better experience for you and the rest of the Rageworks family, whether it's through consumption of our written content, our audio content or our video content. So with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. Thank you, as always, for your continued support. And I will see you guys in two weeks. Peace.
Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the RageWorks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageWorksNetwork.com.